Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. So they have all the options at CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. Two great locations in Russellville and in Fayetteville. The Arkansas Avenue location in Russellville and then the Weddington location in Fayetteville. You can always order on the app at the Fayetteville location. You can also dine in, take out, go through the drive through as well, and then dine in and take out at the Russellville location as well, the original Russellville location, which I know many of you have been to over the years. That was my favorite stop on the way to basketball camp as a kid. When we go to the U of A basketball camp, We'd always stop at CJ's on the way up. Fry sauce. Got to have the fry sauce. Got to have it, man. Got to have it. CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. When all you do are burgers, they have to be the best. They are at CJ's. Tell them Ty and Tommy sent you. All right, so Harbaugh staying put in Ann Arbor. We've got an associate, Matt Mock, that is just ready for him to be gone. He's a big-time Wolverine fan. He's 74-25 and overall. Back-to-back Big Ten championships and college football playoff burps. But it's like the... It's like the girlfriend or the ex that keeps coming back into your life or staying and you don't know if she's going or coming because he keeps interviewing for these jobs every single offseason, the NFL, and you keep thinking he's going to go and then he makes this announcement, well, oh, I'm staying put. In fairness, do you think he's seeking them out or he's being sought out? He's being sought after, but just because you're sought after doesn't mean you have to accept. But we know how the system works, right? You got to listen because when you listen, you get a raise in that business for for whatever reason. Most places you listen, it's revealed to your employer that you're talking to someone else. If they don't really want you, maybe shown the door. I mean, it's just a different kind of business um, the way this football coaching stuff works. Well, that's what's weird about this. From all indications, it doesn't look like he's getting a raise out of this. And that, that that's being reported. And I don't know if that's 100% valid or true, but that's what... How do you not give Jim Harbaugh... Forget about the job interviews. How does he not get some kind of contract improvement? Whether it's a, another year, whether it's a raise, whether and, I, and maybe some things were built in based on getting to the playoff. But my point is, you get your team to another college football playoff, I don't know many universities that aren't going to, to bend over backwards to make their coach happy to keep them there. I mean, this seems a little bit... Um, oh... Un, unrealistic is not the right word. I'm searching for the right word, but when when you have a a coach get you to back to back playoffs, how many programs would not be bending over backwards to 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 entice them to not look at anything to stay forever? He is a Michigan guy, so I think they have that in their back pocket. But to your point, I think that's fair. Now I want to ask this: Mike McCarthy and company, if they don't blow out Tampa Bay last night in the form of fashion they did. I think Jerry, if he had let go of Mike McCarthy, would have pursued Jim Harbaugh. Well, that, first, first, I don't think Jerry was going to hire or fire a coach uh, 
he wasn't going to fire McCarthy based on the results of that game last night. I, I don't believe that. You know, Jerry, that's just not his M.O. I mean, as much as people think that is. So I think that, that conversation's put to bed. Boy, Harbaugh and Jerry Jones coexisting, that doesn't seem like a relationship that uh, to me would work out and pan out. So, no, I don't think Harbaugh would be the – how I don't long, think Jim Harbaugh would be his choice. Maybe John, but not Jim. How so. long did Parcells last there in Dallas? Oh, I don't I'd remember how many years. Four, four, three or four. But there four was, five. I mean, there was a, a clash of some gi- ginormous egos and and football. Yeah, but with uh, Harbaugh, it's not so much about the ego. Is he just quirky? I mean, he's just got a, I mean, just carrying on a conversation, a routine day to day conversation with him. At least from the outside looking in, appears to be odd and different he just views the world through a little different angle than most of us so um which is fine and obviously mm-hmm. it's working for him but i jerry's old school and you know does business a certain way i just don't know that that at least from the outside looking in none of us really know doesn't appear like that'd be a good fit let's go opposites i saw cj stroud declared for the draft and it's going to move forward with that process. I think yesterday or today was the last day you could do that. You know, they were trying to ma- raise like 10 or 11 million to get him to stay. Isn't that crazy nowadays? I mean, here's a quarterback that's a Heisman Trophy finalist. I think back-to-back years. Had a really good game against Georgia. Was one of the main reasons that they were in that game against the team that annihilated TCU basically a week later. That's that's wild to me. Imagine if, if he would have stayed. We saw Oscar Shibway stay but that was more about his draft grade and the fact that he doesn't necessarily translate to the next level based on what he is now, and they had things to get better. Stroud is a projected top three quarterback. Would have been pretty wild if he had stayed one more year in college ball. System's so broke right now. I mean, they got to figure out how this is going to work. How how does how do you how do you actually say each team, each program, at least in the Power Five? I know there's a huge difference once you get outside those top. You know, really 40 or 50 schools, but 64 or 5, whatever it is with Notre Dame. How do you even, with a straight face, say they're all starting at the same point? Everybody's got the same starting line. I mean, it's just, the system is so broke right now. It's got to be fixed to have a a true competitive balance, at least to feel like every program's got an equal shot. TCU proves that a little bit this year, but man, moving forward, I don't know. I think that's an anomaly. That's not something we can can look for very often how much different is it now relative to just five years ago i mean do you see that much more of a disparity between the top dogs and the the mid-tier programs if you will i don't think we know fully yet but i mean just common sense tells me if one program's playing with 20 million dollars in their in the bank account and one's playing with three who's going to win more often than not i mean we see it happen in pro sports where the team that spends you know, hundred million on payroll or whatever mm-hmm. versus the you know Oakland A's or yeah. Devil Rays or whoever they're spending twelve million. You know, sometimes that happens. That's sports, but I mean, those are not the way things generally work out long term. So I don't think we have enough uh, data. I think we just have enough common sense to realize this is not going to level the playing field. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to go about doing it. It's something that uh, I know that Greg Sankey and a lot of the commissioners are tasked with, but it's not an easy answer, whatever the case may be. 877-377-6963 is our number to call or text. And we'll talk about what Eric Musselman said last night coming up. Let's go to Jimmy, who is in Conway. Jimmy, good morning. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Morning. Hey, uh, this TCU deal, 
Rouse, his deal with Arkansas, the new deal is not finalized yet, is what I've read. How much of this is a Jimmy Sexton play just to try to get some more money out of him? I think he floats stuff like this out there for his clients to try to get more out of them. And I think that's all this is, really. So you don't think there's any, like Sonny Dykes and, and the Horned Frogs, you don't think there's any of their contingency that's interested in Kendall Bryles coming to Fort Worth to be their OC? He is from Texas, mm-hmm. true, but that's a staff. They were in a national championship. You give them that. But going to the Big 12 is a step down. So I, I asked Tommy that earlier. Why do you think that, Jimmy? Because I'm I'm 100% with you if we're talking about this five or ten years ago, but why is that still a step down today, a team that was just in the national championship that's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Why is that a step down compared to the Arkansas OC job? I would say the competition is not as good. If you win at TCU, people are always going to question you saying, well, they did it in the Big 12. You know, a bunch of you know, not mid-majors, but they're, they're real teams, but they're not. It's not like winning in the SEC. Yeah. If you do it in the SEC, you're legit in the eyes of everybody. Yeah. See, I, I, don't think, I don't think the reality set in on all of us yet, including us, Ty, that Texas and OU aren't in that conference. We don't view Big tw- the Big 12 yet without Oklahoma and Texas because it hasn't happened. But once OU and Texas pull out league guys – I think we're going to view that entire conference in a different light. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, my thing is, is you brought it up. the The easier the the easiness of the competition would definitely go in his direction if he was to take the TCU job. There's no question that the Horned Frogs road is a lot less difficult than what Arkansas has to deal with in the SEC West and the SEC East is also getting better as well. We'll have to see kind of what you're talking about when Texas and Oklahoma join the league. But I, I still think that, I mean, the Texas draw and just that the fact, and when we looked it up, there's there's nearly 500 three-star better players in Texas. You had nine last year in the state of Arkansas. Nine. That's just, that. that is such a difficult thing competition-wise. And I know I, I, I try and hammer this, and I, I'm Richard and Danny and a bunch of other guys would be much better at that. I, I'm not saying it's insurmountable because Arkansas had success, but we are so behind in high, high school football in the state compared to everywhere else competition-wise. So behind. Well, I mean, when you say behind, you, you to me, I hear you like say not, the high school programs are no good. It's just, it's a population thing, right? It's not... I mean, there's more people that are in the city of Dallas than are in the state of Arkansas, in the metro area, well, I mean, by by a bunch, by several million more. So, I mean, it's about numbers. When you talk about 300, three, you know, 300 plus four stars or whatever, whatever it was you just said versus nine in Arkansas, you know, it's probably still out of line when you base it on population differences. But I don't know what the population size is of the state of Texas, but it's exponentially more than Arkansas. Well, to that point, very fair. Mississippi, though, has less population than us, and they have about 40 more mm-hmm. guys. That's a, so that, that's a better comparison. That's, that's fair when you're arguing the Texas point. Can't really dispute that. But if you want to just stack it up against the those two schools you got to compete with in your own league and your own division, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just one case well, example. I'm not, I'm not saying Arkansas football is the, 
the best kept secret in the country. Um, I don't think it's because our programs and I mean, you just look around, just drive around Benton and Washington County right up here in our backyard. Is it about stadiums and facilities and coaches? Absolutely not. Sometimes it's about just having enough kids. Go to Little Rock, more of a basketball town. We've talked about that conversation. I mean, Arkansas's got some challenges. Um, but I don't think going to TCU is going to guarantee you just the pick of the litter. You're mm-hmm. not going to – just because you go to TCU doesn't mean that it's yours for the taking in, in, the, in the Metroplex or the state of Texas either. Yeah, no, you're still not the number one program in the state. There's no disputing that. A&M, Texas, even Baylor in some cases has uh, been over you at times, but it, it's just easier when you can basically walk to a high school and there's a lot more players. Now, Ryan Prairie Grove thinks that the conference thing has – it's kind of gone down. And I think about the expansion of the Big 12, or excuse me, the, the college football playoff amongst other things. I just don't know how much weight, as much as it has in the last two decades, I don't know how much the SEC, like that, hey, you can play in the SEC, is still going to hold weight in the next decade. See, I think the way the Big 12 got just hammered, the conference champion in Kansas State gets hammered by uh, Bama and TCU. Uh, you know, gets to the national championship game and historic loss mm-hmm. to Georgia. I think we're we're at least for me. I look at the Big Twelve. It, it's a bit of a downgrade in my mind, or or it, or maybe it's an upgrade to the SEC in my mind. Maybe that's a better way of looking at it of how much better this conference is. Now that didn't make Arkansas any better, but uh, this league is clearly at the top, leaps and bounds ahead of the top end of the Big Twelve. So it's the only reason why he's looking or at least allegedly looking at this job, is because it's the Texas tie. Again, we haven't heard Kendall Bryles, like you said, say Mm -hmm. anything about his interest, nor would I expect him to say that. Just because it gets posted by maybe a few media outlets and a lot of social media conjecture doesn't mean we're hearing the absolute truth. But again, this is a program that was in the college football playoff, just went to the national championship game. Bad loss there, but I mean, why would you... Tell me, give me the reasons why you should just not take the fo- take the phone call at all if you're Kendall Bryles. I, I think Arkansas fans, and I don't know, I kind of like Jimmy and Conway. I haven't seen Tom Murphy FIOA yet, so I don't know with the what. What are you smirking at over there? You always say it backwards. It's not F- FIOA. It's freedom, freedom of, of Information. F O I A. Sorry, F O I A. Freedom of Information Act. I haven't seen that come out with the new stipulations in Kindle's new contract. And not to say it hasn't well, been signed yet. They, they had time to even get that done and finalized. Yeah, that, and that that would be the question I have. So I don't know if this would add to hey, he got pursued again. Um, again, I hate I hate saying allegedly because I feel like some of it's true when you have guys on the other boards saying that hey this is happening here then you think oh okay then this is probably yeah. happening with when you have one group in that school reporting and then one group at arkansas reporting well, that leads the schools to reporting or is it fans talking on message boards i mean i mean these are journalists that are talking so. it's one thing i mean there's a there's a difference in that i I'd agree I, I think there's some teeth to this as i think there was some teeth to what happened there's, there's less today Starfield. than there was 10 years ago but i still agree yeah. with what you're saying um so on, on that subject, again, I don't know if he's if this adds to the raise and extension he could get. I don't know because we're not there. It's not like Sam Pittman's going to pick up and call us and tell us. Kendall's going to do the same thing. That's what. And when coaches say, "Well, he didn't talk to me," you're not going to talk to us regardless. Like that's a like Shane Beamer. Do you see that Shane Beamer thing with Riley? 
Did you see that? Tell me about it. Okay, so Beamer goes off on the South Carolina radio station because they reported that he wanted Garrett Riley, Lincoln's brother, who ended up at Clemson, and he got Dow Lawkins, and he was like, we got our guy. This is JV radio. They didn't talk to me. It's like, you're not going to talk to him. Mm. Like, this is, when coaches say that, they didn't talk to me. It's the dumbest thing a coach can say. Dumbest thing a coach well, can say. Well, he's just protecting his protecting his position, protecting his guy. What he doesn't want is Dow Loggins to look like a second choice. Nobody wants to say, yeah, I hired, I, I tried these other two people, but I took the third girl to prom because the other two said no. Hey, hey, Susie, I'm going to take you to prom because Jill and Joni said no. I don't think that's going to fly in most circles. Well, same thing here. No one wants to be third choice. Yeah. So, and, and the reality is, there's been a lot of people that are third choice. Sam Pittman was not first choice at Arkansas. What number that was, I don't know. But we know that the late Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin were certainly candidates that appeared to be ahead of him in the search. Has it worked out as good or better? I don't know. That's, that's a matter of opinion, but, you know, he got the job. And ultimately, when you get the job, you're number one, and that's all that matters. So you, he's protecting that spot and because it makes him look like he lost, too. You went after one guy or two, and you yeah. didn't get him, so... You know, you lost, too. Yeah. Arkansas basketball plays again tomorrow night at Missouri. Beat them already once. They're going to be waiting on you in Columbia. They want to get a win. You're somehow, someway still in the top 25 after three straight losses. I don't know how that's possible, but you are. I don't think Missouri is anymore, if I remember that right. Did you listen to any of Musk last night? I no, listened to I, watched, a, I watched the football game. I listened to a little bit of him at Sassy's last night. Not a lot, but I... I don't know what you do. He's basically coaching with one hand behind his back because he doesn't have anyone on this team that can shoot. You can't play basketball today without shooters or, or one shooter. Too. They, they don't have anyone on this team. And, and if you put Pinion in there, he's going to get taken to the rack every time. He, it, it, as soon as he got put in the other night, blow by. Gone. Okay, so is it a reasonable question? To ask, well, why'd you recruit a bunch of guys who can't shoot? Just because they're five stars? I mean, it, it appears he's got the best five stars in the country that can't shoot. And and Nick Smith might be an improved shooter of what they got, but no one says Nick Smith's a sharp shooting uh guard that, you know, that you know, doesn't miss. No one no one has has really described Nick as a guy that boy you put the ball in his hands, that's a bucket. Um so is it fair to ask, how did you come to this collection of players through the portal and recruiting that seemingly can't put the ball in the hole? Well, I think it's one of those things where when you play high school ball, AAU, EYBL, I mean, you're not playing it's the same competition. And then now you're seeing it today. Especially high school. I'd, I'd argue a little bit in the summer stuff because it is the best in your age group. Yeah. Some guys just translate to college better than others. Jordan has the best looking shot on the team. It's just has it gone in the last few weeks? Anthony hit two or three triples against Vanderbilt on Saturday, but he hasn't been great. I think he's shooting above 30% from three. Uh, Devo hasn't shot the ball particularly well from three this season. I mean, again, they're outside the top 300 in three-point percentage as a team, the worst in the conference. So your question about recruiting, I think that holds a little bit away, but at the same time, it's like, two of your best three-point shooters aren't playing right now. And, again, it's so hard to win in college basketball today when you don't have a team that can shoot yeah. and space the floor because they just pack it in. And I guarantee Missouri's going to pack it in tomorrow night in Columbia. How much of this becomes excuse and how much of it is reason? 
you know, there's reasons and then there's excuses. And I think you got some reasons here why things are happening. And I don't know what, what lever he can pull, what button he can push at this point. I keep coming back to defense. I've said this for a couple of weeks now. You got you to hone in on getting better defensively, guarding some people up, playing the best defense of your life, and making free throws. That's what's going to give you a chance in these games with teams outside the top four or five in this league. By the way, the Pradco Pyramid of Power coming up. Everybody's waiting on the, the edge of their seat for that, I'm sure. But that you know, with teams that are in that kind of same range of where you're at in the conference standing, it gives you a chance to win at home and maybe on the road in some of these games. You've yeah. got to find a way to beat the old misses and the Mississippi States. You got to find a way to get one from Missouri. You got to find a way, you know, LSU is on a skid right now. You got to find a way to win that game when that comes around in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh how are you going to win those games? To me, you D them up and you make your free throws because we you're right. I mean, three-point shooting's not going to be great. Mid-range jumpers generally not going to be great. You're going to have a night where they're great, a night when they're awful and a lot of nights in between. Got to win a lot of games to me 64-59, 63 61. So, and how do you do that at the free throw line? Yeah, and they were 13th to 14th last time I checked at the free throw line. So that has to improve. That's something you can actually get yeah. in the gym and improve on. Shooting, not as much. Free throw shooting, yeah. absolutely. I agree. And, and, and defense is about effort. You yeah. Know? And they had most of it against Alabama. Didn't have a lick of it against Vanderbilt in the second half. But then again, some, some mental lapses because of the physical exhaustion kind of took toll with and Brandon Miller and Clowney gotcha this past Wednesday night. I think when it comes to Arkansas basketball, it's important to point out that they were a horrible three-point shooting team last year, but J.D. Note could fill it up on any given night and give you 30. This team does not have that bailout guy. And I know some of you got irritated last year when J.D. was jacking it from 35 feet or whatever, but he also just provided that I'm going to go get mine, and I'm going to be this guy off the dribble. And he was an underrated passer at times. I think we saw that in the Kentucky game, the Auburn game, and and others. You just you don't have that go-to score this year. At points, it's been Ricky Council. Anthony Black had a really good first half against Vanderbilt, but it's just not the same. And J.D. could stretch the floor off the dribble, too. He wasn't just a guy that could take it to the rim, which we saw, or had a nice pull-up game as well, but he could also stretch the four off the pick and roll, which is you don't necessarily have that on your team right now. No, and um, you know, like you said, spacing is probably an underrated thing because it opens up lanes, and we saw a few passes. You know, Maybe Arkansas had an extra pass or two they didn't need, but I thought we did see it sometimes in that Vanderbilt game, particularly passes around the rim where they found some creases, found some some play. I'm trying to remember, I think one went to Mitchell, and there may have been an extra pass. It was too much on one possession. But I think if you know, if you watch the game, and I know you did, that you know what I'm talking about out there. That you know, Arkansas got some quick, crisp passes around the lane where they drew that zone defender up a few feet in the lane, not to the free throw line or anything, but opened up somebody underneath. And that's exactly what you got to do: is get the back door open by br- drawing up those bigs from down low and. I think more and more people are going to sag or do what Alabama did, play a sagging man. Uh, but the big guys are not going to leave the, you know, leave the arc very, very mm-hmm. much. And they're going to stay around that, that restricted area and, and protect the rim when Arkansas is playing because the way the Hogs want to beat you is through the dunk. 
Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So the Dallas Cowboys got a big-time win last night. Did that make you believe that they can go on a run this postseason? 877-377-6963 is welcome in. Bruce Dan to Pradco Fishing. None of us really believed that they were going to do it last night, and they did it in a form of fashion I don't think anyone expected. But is that enough to to think that they can beat San Fran and Brock Purdy this week? You going to ask a Commanders fan about <laughs> I Dallas? I wonder where that was going. Uh, well, Tampa Bay was 8-9. and nine. Not not a real good Tampa Bay team. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady looked horrible. Uh, just couldn't complete simple uh, patterns. Dallas played well. Poor kicker. Uh, mm. But da- Dallas played well. But, no, nah, they're not going to beat the 49ers in San Francisco. That's, that's they're, well, they're 11 in a row. That's not going to happen. Cowboys were very lucky that their kicking ills last night didn't cost them. I mean, in most playoff situations, that's that's your demise. That's the end of you. Um, you oh. normally, I mean, how many times is that? I mean, like nine out of ten times, that will bite you in the you, backside. You've been a high school ref a long time. Have you ever seen a kicker miss four straight PATs? Well, left, right, and the doink. And on top of all of that, this was a guy that had went 50 of 53. Now, yeah. I know he's missed five of his last six, so you wonder what's in his head. But this was not like someone that had struggled all no. year long. This was someone that had been very accurate. You were kind of hoping it would come down to a kick just, just for the drama, but Tampa couldn't score. Just You'd see the, the jubilation on Jerry's face <laughs> up in the owner's box after a touchdown and then just the agony of the extra point. when it, it, You could you used to be bewildered by what was going I, on I, with that. All, all I hope is that bought McCarthy another year. That's what I hope. I think we I think we got a chance with McCarthy there. I don't want to see Sean Payton in Dallas. But your question was last night make you believe that the Dallas Cowboys actually can do something. And for I think most Cowboys fans, yes. They're on the bandwagon. They got the reins and they're 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 whipping them horses. They they believe they can now get to the Super Bowl no. based on what happened last night. And I'm with you, Bruce, that a little bit watered down beating a Tampa team. You're, it's a major step up in class this week taking on the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, that, they're they're an elite team, and they're actually becoming an elite offense. You got Christian McCaffrey coming in midseason. He can throw it, catch it, run it, and uh, no one thought Brock Purdy would play like this. Yeah, you got to think going into training camp, you got Trey Lance, you got Garoppolo, and you got Brock Purdy. Uh, you, you've got some trade bait. I mean, you're going to get some high-round draft picks to get rid of one of those guys. San Francisco mm-hmm. might be good for a while. Yeah, they. Uh, I got a chance to watch Purdy at college at Iowa State. My roommate, who's an Oklahoma fan, was talking and his game up. And thinking about what, what they've said about Shanahan is he coaches his QBs really hard. 
And Campbell seems like a guy at Matt Campbell at Iowa State that would probably do the same thing. He seems like an intense guy, so maybe that that translated. It's going well now. You do have again you your Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys a team I know you don't like. Is there a team you dislike more between the Giants and Philly? Is that Philly, like Philly, Philly. Okay. Hate hate gangrene, Buddy Ryan. Just no, nah, don't gang. don't don't <laughs> like them. Bang bang don't, bang bird game. Don't like them, man. That's uh, at least you're not holding a grudge for thirty years with Buddy Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cowboy fans and Commander fans can agree on that. That the the, the hatred for Buddy Ryan and the Phillies back. Oh, what would that have been? Mid nineties. He was just trying to break everyone's leg somewhere somewhere in there. Yeah, so. yeah that sounds right. Is that yeah. the team that had the – I know the Saints did it years ago, but didn't the Eagles have a bounty rule thing that you got rewarded if you hurt someone? Or was that just the Saints? Oh, this was before this, that, then. This what? was way before then. And uh, Buddy Ryan was – Buddy Ryan and Jimmy Johnson, I think if they'd have let him, they'd have just, they'd have just wrestled. They'd have just fist fought <laughs> at the 50-yard line. God, they hated that each other. That would have been ugly. But that's what made sports great. I mean, they – this wasn't a put-on. This wasn't a show. This wasn't WWE. They hated each other. That was real life. That was real life yeah. hatred. Who was the actual head coach of the Eagles? Because I know he was the D.C. Who was the head coach of the Eagles back then? Buddy Ryan. Well, right? Buddy was the head coach. Yeah, Buddy was Buddy the was D.C. The for the Chicago Bears in oh, 85 okay. when they won the Super Bowl. And then he went over. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I For some reason, I just thought he was just the D.C. No, but Buddy. And he, who, was the, who was the O.C. he got in fights with all the time? His own OC. Didn't, they, didn't he like punch him on he the did. side? Like, like Jeez. blocked him across the jaw. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> they even had drama on their own. Yeah. Team. And it, 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 I, I assume you know that's Rex Ryan. That's the you know Rex and his that's his dad. Uh, yeah. Buddy, so. why, why can't I think of Rex Rob Ryan? That's yeah. the other one. Yeah. I'm so think of that connection. Yeah, that's the good old days. Back they had that uh, basically you know, and a lot of those. Those old stadiums, Veteran Stadium, RFK. R- you were just playing on a parking lot with a little yeah. bit of astroturf on top. Of Texas it. Stadium, Astrodome was that way too back uh, yeah. back yeah. in the day. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Hever Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Don't you miss the hole in the roof though at Texas Stadium <laughs> so God could see his favorite team? Wasn't that what they said? The other thing they would do is talking about kickers last night. Remember they'd open up. If you open the doors up on one end, it would create like a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. And if you needed a little extra push for a, a field goal or, or whatever at the end of the game, they could they could create a wind tunnel through there that would aid the ball going through. They or you could open them the other way and hurt the other team. So uh, there's there's some old some old lore and legend about uh, those kind of things that would happen field level at, uh, at at the old Texas Stadium. I remember going there the first time. I was. Probably seventh grade, eighth grade, the Cowboys were playing the Dolphins, and they had brought back replay. And this at the time was the longest game, may still be the longest game by time in NFL history. They had like 19 replays in that ball game. Jeez. Jerry Mark Bright was the referee. That's how far we're going back. Wow. And uh, and that was my first time to go to a Cowboys game at the old Texas Stadium. First time I went uh, was 90. Played the Dolphins. The Redskins were there. Can I say that on there? Redskins, mm-hmm. Redskins, Redskins, Redskins. And uh, Raven Caldwell from Northside in Arkansas was playing. I got to interview him. And uh, Monty Coleman uh, played at UCA, and uh, he he was there, Arkansas, and that, and that that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right, basketball front and center. Let's get into uh, some of our basketball discussion and uh, kind of some of the things that happened last week around the SEC. It's our. Are we ready for this? This this, this sounder down here. Is it ready to go? 
You ready for this? Ready. Got something new for you. The, okay. the Pradco Pyramid of Power on the Morning Rush. Who are the best <laughs> basketball teams in the SEC? SEC! SEC! Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Well done. Well done. All right, so there's no discussion really who's at the top, particularly after Tennessee's loss to Kentucky. Alabama is the king of the castle, king of the mountain. They're at the top of the pyramid this week. So here's how the pyramid of power works, the Pradco pyramid of power. Take, you know, just like you'd imagine a pyramid, you got one at the top, we're going to put two in the middle and three at the bottom. So we're not rating them one through 14 because nobody wants to listen to that. But we're going to give you our kind of our version of who the top six are in that order. So Alabama's at the top. They're number three in net rankings. They're 5-0 in the SEC. They beat Arkansas and LSU last week. Um, I don't think there's any discussion about Alabama being number one in this league right now. Interesting enough, they play Vandy. They play two road games this week at Vandy, at Missouri. Vandy's obviously hot coming off that Razorback win on Saturday. Interesting enough, Tennessee, number two in the net rankings, behind in the polls, one game loss in the uh, SEC, four and one, 14 and three of the year, beat Vandy, lost to Kentucky. Just kind of a weird game uh, with Kentucky, 63 56. That game in Knoxville, right? You know why they lost that game? I read a story where uh, Calipari was so upset at his team's focus, he took away all their iPhones and iPads the night before the game. He said, y'all need to get some sleep, and tomorrow we're going to focus on beating Tennessee. And I'm wondering if uh, teams are going through losing streaks, if coaches are going to start doing that, and I wonder if that was really that effective. All right, so Alabama at the top, Tennessee middle tier. I can't drop them even though they lost to Kentucky. There's no way in my mind I can drop Tennessee off tier two or even the number one team on tier two. Um, I just don't don't see how you can do it right now. So Bama one, Tennessee two. I've got Auburn – in that third slot, second team on Tier 2. They've won three straight, five of six. They beat Ole Miss and beat Mississippi State, one of a couple of, one of, uh, well, six teams. Let's see, five teams last week that went 2-0. and oh. They're 4-1 and one in the league, the same as Tennessee. They got LSU and South Carolina, both road games coming up this week. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State, not the most impressive wins, but they did what you got to do, and that's no, that's win. Nobody wants to go to Auburn. And, you know, we got another Jalen Williams. He was 5-7 of seven, uh, from three against Mississippi State. He, he can shoot it, uh, but Auburn's the real deal at home. So that's, to me, easy still. And in the top four really are easy in this league. So Bama, Tennessee, Auburn, and then I've got A&M. Their net ranking is a lot lower than some of the teams around them in this conversation, but their record is there. It's 12-5, and 4-0, and oh, though, in SEC play. For some reason, they're a game behind. They beat Missouri, and uh, they also won at South Carolina after South Carolina had beat Kentucky. So right now, just record and based on performance and what they've done, I don't know how I don't keep A&M out of that slot right now. We thought A&M would uh, be a team uh, to reckon with after uh, the way they played in the SEC tournament last year. Uh, but obviously, they lost five games non-conference. But but they're finding their legs under them. I still think the schedule is going to catch up with them. They got they still hadn't played any real good teams yet. But uh, beat Missouri, that, that's a good win. Play Florida and Kentucky. And on the road Saturday at Kentucky, we'll find out a lot more about Texas A&M. All right, here's where the discussion begins. And we could argue these spots on the bottom tier a lot of different directions. And I, I waffled back and forth between these next two. 
I got Georgia and Kentucky, the last two teams on here. Georgia's net ranking's not real good at 93. They're one of five teams uh, with one loss in the league. They're at three and one. Uh, they beat Auburn, which is impressive. But last week, won against Mississippi State and Ole Miss. That doesn't overly impress you in this league right now. Not impressive, but I think still better than Florida, even though Florida had beaten them and their one loss. That's where I got them. And then Kentucky, they've got the best road win after beating Tennessee. I'm not wild about putting a team on the bottom tier with a 2-3 and three league record and with a net ranking of 41. And Georgia's net ranking, by the way, is 93. So, uh, but, And we could argue about these two spots, but... I, Ty, I got to put Kentucky in there because of the road win at Tennessee. Yeah, it's probably the biggest SEC win to this point of the season. I want to see what happens when the Crimson Tide and the Vols take on each other. But you think about what Kentucky needed, like Arkansas this past Saturday, they got it done. The Hogs didn't, so yeah, it's hard to it's hard to see. They're still, I mean, people were right, ready to write Cal off. I was still kind of withholding judgment, and it, like you said, they. Maybe the cell phone yeah. thing's something Arkansas should try. If you if you want to tell me Florida belonged in there instead of Georgia, I could get with that. I mean, no. I, I waffled back and forth no. between the two. Um, Florida's ten and seven. Their net rankings higher at forty eight. Um, they've won three in a row. There's probably as much merit for Florida as there's Georgia or even Kentucky. I'm just putting a lot of weight in that Tennessee win right now. A lot of ball to play, and we're you know I think the only thing really I've to me there's a decided top four at this moment at this snapshot. Five through ten or eleven, there's there's an argument that can be made for several teams. I drop Arkansas out of the pyramid of power, and um, you know we'll see if they can fight their way back in this week. It's a rough week for Arkansas. Uh, tough to watch. What was it? Sixty three points in the second half against mm-hmm. uh, Vanderbilt. Thanks for reminding me. I'm going to tell you, Vanderbilt though, they could shoot three. And uh, they got size uh, that they're not a good defensive team at all. But I think I think they're going to give some more teams problems at Memorial. Uh, it's just I think Tennessee will struggle there. I think a lot of teams are going to struggle there the way they shoot. Number one team offensively in the Southeastern Conference in terms of efficiency since conference play. So it's not just like you still can't give up ninety-seven on the road, but. You also, at the same time, recognize that, as you just said, it's a decent offensive basketball team. The, the thing about Kentucky, you know, we, we were all enjoying them being down. I guess they had a three-game conference losing streak, but they still got a bunch of five-star players. I mean, they've not put it all together. Obviously, they played very well against Tennessee with Severe Wheeler on the bench. Uh, they, they look good. And, and Tennessee's the type of team – they're not going to score a lot of points, and uh, they're not a great offensive team. They still go through the five, six-minute droughts. You know, you, you can beat Tennessee if uh, if you can uh, score some points because Tennessee just clamps you down so much. So, you know, that was a, that was a big win for Kentucky, and, you know, I, I imagine they'll go on a run from here. Big, big, big ball game for the Razorbacks in Columbia coming up tomorrow night. Arkansas-Missouri – we're both amongst teams, five teams in the league that went 0-2 last week. You don't want to be on this list. I'm going to start making these lists out. There were uh, Bama, A&M, Auburn, Georgia, Florida all went 2-0 last week. Arkansas and Missouri, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and LSU all went 0-2. I don't know what's going on with LSU, guys. They've now lost four in a row they after beating the Razorbacks. Bad yeah, they got crushed. That was mm-hmm. terrible. One point, Miller had more points 106-66, the yeah, final there. Was ugly. I think LSU... Has is starting to experience what it's like to play in the SEC, and not not to say that some Murray State players can't play in this league, and we'll see what McMahon does there. But 
I mean, it's just it's a different animal playing in this league. Those, those it, it, Will Wade cash bags have run out, man. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're legal. But it makes uh, it makes that loss that Arkansas took to LSU look even worse yeah, now. Hundred percent of that. Bad. So, Tennessee, Vandy, Kentucky, South Carolina all went one and one. Arkansas can't go zero and two again this week. They really got to have a two and zero week. Um, we'll see, but it's it's a big game for both of those programs tomorrow night at eight o'clock after uh, losing a pair last week because that is the kiss of death in this league is zero and two weeks. I'm asking because I don't know, and you might know. Is that grandfathered in how Vanderbilt gets to put their benches on the end, or is that just something they're allowed to do? I don't know. I think it's grandfathered in because you never see a court set up. I don't think there's another one in the country that I've seen that's that way. Not to my knowledge. No. But but because of the way that floor sits up on that stage area, and you've been to games there, if you put the benches on the side, I guess all the kind of the best seats, the premium seats, the lower seats, they couldn't see the floor at all. Yep. I don't know. It's just a weird setup. It is a weird it's setup. And I don't know what you do there. I mean, they got about, what, 10,000 seats or something like that in that, that auditorium. It's a center uh, block gym. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's just right, mason blocks. built into the campus. Yeah. I don't know what else you can – I mean, Vanderbilt's not going to go off campus and build a basketball arena. Nope. That's not going to happen. And they don't need anything bigger, that's for sure. But I I guess if you put the, the seating I, – I mean, I've not been in it for a game, but am I right? If you put it on the side – It'd be an obstruction. That's why you have yeah, to put you'd it have on the to re, You'd there. have to lower the court. You'd have to dig down and lower the court. Because the, when they play Final Four games, like football facilities, they have the, the step down, right? Because you got well, they, fans. Yeah, they put the stage up. Yeah. Or they put the floor up on yeah. on risers. Yeah, you and you got you got fans right behind you. But it's a, weird, it's a weird setup. So what do you think Muss has to do starting tomorrow? I mean, he's, he's tried to fix a couple things, tried to adjust. I mean, you, you can't control. There's some things you can't control. You're not they're not going to all of a sudden become a 50% field goal shooting team. You can focus on getting a little more intense on defense, uh, shuffling the lineup to get more defensive, and and grind, play the way Tennessee does uh, to a point. But, you know, you, you can't get in a track meet uh, in this league if, if you're not a good shooting team. you got to work on transition defense, and you got to make sure – when you uh, get turnovers, that you get into your transition offense and take advantage, you know, for some quick, easy bu- buckets. But you're not going to become a better shooting team just because you want to. It's not there. So yeah. it, the, the thing he can do is put the right lineup in there, and he probably needs to do what he's done in the past is get down to the right seven players, and that's what it's going to be, and you got to grind it. We're getting to six or so games in the league for most of these teams. Bama's 5-0. and You know, you, you look at where Arkansas is at right now in this league. And a lot of these teams have played four or five games at this point. We're going to be hitting game six this week. That's a third of the way through SEC play. What conclusions do you think we can can pull from this? In the pyramid of the Prad, Pradco pyramid of power, Alabama's top of the heap. Tennessee and Auburn are two and three. Texas A&M at four. I got Georgia five and Kentucky six. Are you know, who is going to remain there? I think the, the teams at the top are an easy conclusion. Is Auburn a top-four team? What what conclusions can we draw after a third of the way through the conference slate? Bama is a potential one seed. I mean, they have looked really, really good. They've got two wins over number one teams. They, mm-hmm. I know they lost to Gonzaga, I think, earlier this season, but they played them in Birmingham. I Would I'd Alabama say, be a number one overall seed? Would they be the best of the number ones right now? 
based on the resume. If it was today, Purdue's got a better resume and has only lost. They lost yet or one one game. Yeah, played Michigan State. Pretty beat them yesterday. Close game. Like game winner type of close yeah. game. So I uh, produce the number one overall seed right now, but Bam has definitely done enough to be considered for a one seed. And that Zach Eady, man, he's he's a beast right now. He's the he's the one that hit that game basically. I, I can't see night. Houston's number one in most of the polls, but I don't know that they I don't know how many people are believing in their conference and their schedule. Uh and then you got the Alabama loss. They played an outside opponent at home and uh and lost. But mm-hmm. you know, the Pratco Pyramid of Power, I mean I I think I agree with Ty. Is Alabama going to be a one seed? Are they going to finish this thing the way they've started and keep dominating teams and running them off the court? You know, they're going to play a close game or two. It just happens. But they look like a number one seed. They'll play in Birmingham for that first round game. And then if they win that, they'll go to Louisville for that Sweet 16 side so, because that's the Yeah, close. I think if anyone wondered what Nate Oates was going to do in the second chapter, and they're reading it right now, they're winning. Well, he yeah. did what must did. He went out and got size. They've had talent, but they hadn't had size necessarily. This team has size and talent. That's why they're so difficult to beat. It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. With 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the gang and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. So Arkansas remains in the top 25 this week despite going 0-2. They've lost three straight. Big game tomorrow night against Missouri Tigers. I know that a lot of you are hoping this team bounces back. Here's what Eric Musselman had to say last night at Sassy's concerning his basketball team on the road. We've made changes in the starting lineup every game, trying to continue to find out or give ourselves the best chance to get a win. Another road game coming up. I think that we're the only team in the SEC that will have played four road games in their first six games. So eventually we will get some home games. Your schedule lightens up a, a hair after tomorrow night, but you'd love to start that rally tomorrow night in Columbia and say you're 2-0 and against the Tigers after two regular season games. These next three are critical. To, I mean, at some point we got to have a conversation about just making the tournament. We can, I mean, one, two, three, maybe four seed stuff, that's out the window, right? I guess they could play themselves back into a four seed, but it, it doesn't seem very likely. If you don't win probably at least two of these next three and maybe all of them beginning tomorrow night with Missouri, Ole Miss, and LSU. LSU's lost four straight. You, That's a home game. Ole Miss and LSU at home are must wins. You lose those games, I don't know that you go to the tournament. At all. Because there's a limit to where you're at in this. There's a limit to how many of this league is going to get, right? 
you've got to put yourself in a position to be at least what sixth or seventh to be comfortably in this might be eight eight this year but that seems doubtful at this point hey postseason butterwall arena <laughs> on the nit no one wants that so i mean if you want to make the big tournament and who would have thought what would have been the odds of Arkansas not making the tournament. I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying you got to take a major step in the right direction with some home wins against Ole Miss and LSU, or then the conversation can reasonably turn to whether or not you're a tournament team. You don't win those games. That's a that's a on the table conversation. Yeah, I don't know if we want that to happen because I'm going to be miserable to work around and be around if that's the case. Usually pretty chipper, pretty, pretty dapper, but if this team doesn't make the NCAA tournament, not the NIT or the CBI or whatever it's called, I'm going to be pretty bummed. Uh, Lane Blocker, Bay Fall, or McDonald's All-American nominees. You had Jordan Walsh, Anthony Black, and Nick Smith were all on the team last year. We'll see if Layden and Bay, who are two signees for this upcoming basketball team in 2023, We'll see if they end up getting that invitation. Former Razorback running back Alex Collins is signed with the USFL's Memphis Showboats, so not too far from home. I still get confused with the XFL, the USFL, and all these other minor, you can't call them minor league teams because they're not, they're not actually connected to the NFL, but I still get confused with these different leagues. Don't know, don't pay attention, don't care. I mean, uh, I guess if, if, if some former Razorbacks start having some Big success in that league at that level. Maybe you pay attention, but yeah, I, it's just not something that, uh, that that hits my radar screen at all. Last thing, uh, Arkansas women's basketball got a dramatic win against Vanderbilt last night. It was a crazy back-and-forth game. Vanderbilt hit his shot at the very end, and then Arkansas ended up hitting a game winner. So props to Mike Neighbors and his squad for getting it done in Bud Walton Arena last night. Uh, no update last, I say last day, no update on Kendall Bryles. I know a lot of people have been texting us this morning about what's going on with the potential of him taking the TCU OC job. Tell me we have not gotten an update about that. Well, and don't expect one till you know, probably no news is good news. I, I just, I'd stay in that lane. No news is good news with Kendall Bryles. Yep. So. That's going to do it for your hog up update. It's brought what? to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any Let's welcome in Charlie, who's in Camden this morning. Charlie, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, Ty, while I was watching the Cowboys win last night, uh, as a huge Cowboys fan, obviously, um, you know, I even got to tune in a little bit to the girls' game, and uh, I saw the little Titanic, My Heart Will Go On uh, <laughs> video there at the end. I did not see the buzzer beating shot, but yeah, man, they made a nice little, of course they had to do that, but uh Anyway, uh, big win last night for my my boys, but uh, I do not. Whew, I called San Francisco. The, I know we're not going to talk NFL long, but I called San Francisco the favorite before the season started, uh, and I'm still calling them the favorite, even though they got a third string quarterback in there. Because I just think their roster is built so well for this moment. As far as the basketball team goes, guys, I'm. I I, I don't know. I didn't call in yesterday. First off, I was off. Uh, I guess the other day we took the wrong step, obviously, defensively, um, our worst performance of the year, arguably. So um, we got to be better there. I mean, we cannot right now. I think Phil Ellison talks about it on that time. We cannot win games right now in the 80s or 90s. We got to keep the, the scores lower. If we're in the 80s or 90s, we're probably not going to win. That's just my take, the way we're playing. 
But uh, offensively, pretty good the other day. But again, defensively, we got to get back to what we do. We got to take away something. Can't give up the threes, layups, and free throws. So, anyways, guys, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Charlie. Virginia and Tony Bennett won a national championship by playing some of the best defense in college basketball in the last decade or so. You can still win that way. It's very difficult. There's very little room for error. And if you remember the year before, they lost to a 16 seed in UMBC or however you say that team. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of issues right now with this basketball team. The one and four conference record is all you really need to know. And Missouri's going to be gunning for you tomorrow night. They didn't like how it went down in the second half in Fayetteville. They're going to be waiting on you with open arms. I think you, you were, we were talking about it a little bit during the break. I don't know if Arkansas benefits from the trash talk that they've been doing. No one has, okay, I say no one has an issue. It's not as big of a deal when you're winning and it gets brushed aside. And in fact, people kind of like it a little bit because it's like we're beating you and we're letting you know about it. But when you're losing, like they have been, it almost is brought to center stage and quote unquote becomes an mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to talk, you got to back it up. And right now, Arkansas is not backing it up. Bigger game probably for Missouri. They're at home this week. They lost two last week. They play Arkansas Wednesday night late, and then they get Alabama on Saturday. So, I mean, that that seems like, you know, pending death for them. They can't go 0-4 over a two-week period, or they're probably you know, out of the tournament conversation or, yeah. or, or at least trending in that direction. So uh, Missouri seemed like a team that was a surprise that came into Fayetteville and what led, what was it, 17 or 18 they led and then Arkansas came back from behind to win that game. This is a huge moment for Missouri because they got a week and with Alabama on the back end, you don't like their odds there. So seems like if they're going to win one and break a little bit of a skid, it's got to happen tomorrow night against the Razorbacks. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Tom Murphy now joins us here on the Morning Rush, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Tom, good morning. It's definitely a good morning for Cowboys fans. First road playoff win in 30 years. I was surprised. What stood out to you last night in the Monday Night Football matchup? Um, I don't know. Just a good game plan, well executed after last week's uh, puzzling performance against the Commanders. But the NFL is week to week, man. I, I have a buddy who's a big Cowboys fan, and he was very nervous about last night and 
me not not having a dog in that hunt, so to speak, I felt pretty confident the Cowboys are going to win the game. The Buccaneers were a team that had a lot of problems this year. I mean, they won a, a bad division, and um, I know my team's in it. And um, I, even though the Buccaneers were at home, and you could argue whether or not they deserved a home game, but I, I don't know. I, and I'll tell you this. Some of Brady's throws, like he was like on the wrong page with his receivers. There were so many throws that were not even close to being catchable. It was a weird showing in a playoff game for a for a quarter for a team, a, a player, and a franchise that had been on point in re- recent playoff history. It was a it was a head scratcher, and I think a lot a lot of that was due to the Cowboys' defense and uh, of course Dan Quinn, uh, former Falcons head coach who stands up in the press box as he calls the game with his cap backward, um, uh, was a big part of that. Let's talk about Tom Brady. A lot of times when the Dallas Cowboys are featured in the game, they're the number one story, but maybe last night a little different. There's question marks about if Tom's done after this. Do you anticipate uh, anticipate him playing another down in the National Football League? You know, he, he threw the big curveball on the media uh, with the retirement and the return. And so I don't, I don't, I don't even hesitate to speculate on uh, what what he might do. And you know what, he's had a really great run. Um, if you're him, you don't want that to be your last playoff performance because it was kind of unsightly. But um, I, I bet physically he feels like he would have another season in him. So I'm sure there'll be another big drama during this coming off season. Yeah, but 10 years from now when we think of Tom Brady, we won't think of last night. We'll think of we'll no. think of all the Super Bowls when it comes to to him. All right, so staying or going, that, that's what we're asking about Tom Brady. I think there's some people asking that about Kendall Bryles this morning, Tom, and there's um, more internet speculation circulating around Kendall Bryles and the TCU job. What are you hearing and what's your gut tell you about Kendall Bryles' future? Well, my gut my gut feels like it might be, I mean, obviously there's, there's interest there. Um, he's a Texas guy and perhaps this is for his, you know, dream fulfillment or heading toward his, his ultimate goal to be a head coach. Uh, we get him closer to there because he's back in his home state. However, if you look on the, the reporting out of Texas regarding this, um, TCU fans are, you know, they're, they're really split up on whether or not the Bryles name carries a certain thing in TCU circles based on the rivalry between TCU and Baylor and Art Bryles, and there were dust-ups between Bryles and Gary Patterson. Now, does that taint the son's name? I, it sh- really shouldn't, uh, but yet um, it's, it's there. And so I think, you know, Sonny Dykes, even if he might really prefer to hire Kendall, hire Kendall Bryles, um, has probably gotten some pushback, probably some prominent boosters as well. So it's just been kind of a slow motion thing for the last several days, and uh, we'll see where it leads. Uh, I would like to see Kendall Browse back. I've said it on this air many times. Um, the uh, productivity, what he's done with KJ, the decision-making, all that kind of stuff. I mean, Arkansas has got a legit offense, and if they had just been – uh, I don't know, marginally better mm-hmm. with red zone scoring this year. Uh, they would have been, and, and as, it, as it is, weren't they the number 16 offense in the country? I mean, when you're, when you're going against an SEC schedule, and a schedule that was truly unrelenting when you think about 
Cincinnati, uh, BYU, Liberty, the 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 uh, out of conference games, and then against Bobby Petrino, it was a schedule unlike any we'll probably ever see again. And and yet they averaged more than two hundred and thirty yards a game on the ground and in the air. Which, uh, with that, which is what makes him an attractive candidate for Mississippi State now TCU, and we've been kind of kicking around this morning. Which is the better? offensive coordinator post is it in Fayetteville in, a, in an SEC Western Division school or is it TCU in a in a Big 12 conference that's downgrading some people don't think conference matters anymore maybe being in the Metroplex matters more than we think but which, which is yeah. the better gig if you're an offensive coordinator out there is it the SEC in Fayetteville or is it be the, the new Big 12 and in, in TCU yeah you know that's a great debate and of course the, the conference is changing in the Big 12 as well. So you got that component to add in. I mean, there, there's various points to this debate, right? Um, do you want to live in a, in the bigger city? Um, do you want to prove yourself in the SEC, which has really been dominating college football, if we're honest, for the last couple of decades? Um, and so, uh, you know, what about the, the lifestyle for your family? Do your kids love it here? And I, I think Kendall Browse's family does love it here. So, a lot of factors to weigh in. Obviously, his home state is is uh, Texas, and so um, it kind of depends on you know what station of life you're at, where you want to get to, and which which of those programs or situations best fits your needs. So you referenced Harbaugh at Michigan. He announced that he is coming back to uh, Ann Arbor, and I wonder if you're a Michigan fan, Tom. I mean, do you just want him to move on already? Because it seems like every single offseason he contemplates leaving for the NFL. Well, I mean, his name does carry some weight, having, you know, a playoff history with the 49ers and what he's done on the pro level and what he did at Stanford. I mean, it's, it's all quality work. Uh, he's, he's a little bit peculiar. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure there are – it's a split fan base at Michigan. Uh, but, you know, I bet Michigan fans the last two years – uh, getting the glory back, so to speak, and getting real close, um, they probably like to see if he can he can carry one of these to a national championship. Um, and the thing is, up there, Ohio State and Michigan, they're, the rest of their conference schedule, the, yeah, there's some tough games along the way. Penn State, you know, um, when Wisconsin or Iowa's up, they can be tough. But the really the meat of your conference schedule is nothing like um, what you face week to week in the SEC and, and in the West, it's, it's every weekend. Uh, you can't have a slip up. I mean, Florida lost to Vanderbilt this year and, you know, Georgia had a absolute dogfight up there in Missouri this year, which, you know, in, in some ways they, they could have or should have lost that game. And so, um, that's why I think Ohio state and Michigan, it just feels like a cleaner path to get to the playoffs. And, um, you know, I'm I'm going on at length about this, but I if you're a Michigan fan, you, you when you're this close to a championship, I think you kind of want to ride that coach out and see what he can do. You mentioned the SEC. Kirby Smart might have to hire a new offensive coordinator. Todd Monken also getting NFL looks. Bill O'Brien potentially could go back to the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick. If you were a prospective offensive coordinator, which job would be more attractable to you, Bama or Georgia? <laughs> Oh man, and again, that goes to your your station of life in life, and you know which of those two coaches you want to work with. I mean, they're basically from the same tree, right? 
and they basically don't let their coordinators talk to the media. You know, how important is that to you? Um, word is that, you know, if Kendall Browse is back here next year, there's probably, there might be more media opportunities with him. We'll see. But, um, uh, it's, it's basically half a dozen of one and six of the other, right? Uh, with, with Kirby and, um, Nick Saban. How well will you get along with him? Are you going to have a relationship where, like Lane Kiffin on the sideline, where there's a little bit of open confrontation, um, or with Kirby? So, I don't know. It's about the same. Um, right now, Georgia's got the cachet and the hot name, back-to-back championships, so so to speak, have overtaken Alabama. But Alabama's talent isn't going anywhere, and I'm sure you know Jalen Milrow or some other guy is going to be a very high-caliber quarterback for them next year. Tom, man, what's going to happen with this basketball team uh, tomorrow night, eight o'clock? These games feel more and more like must wins. They got Missouri, and then. Uh, Saturday, a home game with Ole Miss. This feels like an important stretch, and if not, if they if they're not successful, we may be talking about just making the tournament. Man, um, yeah, and I think on Thursday I said I didn't feel like Vanderbilt. You could you could label it must win, but it's getting a lot closer. Uh, I thought Missouri's game plan here was tremendous. The way they drove the ball, I think Arkansas has just got to get be better at stopping the ball on defense. And then Eric Mosman said something about the competitive nature. And if you look at the game against Vanderbilt, there were some shots that went up where guys, as soon as the shot was taken, are standing in the position they were in when the shot went up and not going to block out or following their own shot. Um, and is that due to some of the key guys playing a ton of minutes? I don't know. But, you know, basketball games, there's plenty of timeouts. I think it's an effort thing in some cases. Uh, and certainly they weren't lacking in offense the other day. So, I think the three-point shooting was encouraging, uh, but allowing 63 points in the half is is basically just unconscionable for an Eric Musselman team. So I think you're going to see a better defensive effort against Missouri, and I think we're going to see you know the care factor. How much of these players care? Uh, need a little bit more Jordan Walsh, and I think you need a little bit more from the, the guys on the bench. You know, Jalen Graham has a big game against Bama really keeps Arkansas in it with his offense, and then his minutes are way back down against Bandy. So just looking for some consistency here. A game where you score 84 and you make seven threes should result in a win. I mean, there's just just no way around that. Home, road, I don't care, playing it on Mars. Uh, Arkansas and this team is good, has the ability defensively to win any game with 84. That's the most disappointing thing about Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there, Tommy. And, and I do think that's, you could kind of sense it from Eric Musselman's post game, that a little bit of frustration with the competitive factor, uh, giving up so much on defense. And you look at what Alabama and, and Vanderbilt did back to back, their guards just, just powered into the lane and created stuff. And so, um, you know, teams that have multiple guards that can do that are going to be a problem. Ricky Council's playing out there, but. He's, he's more of a heavy set, you know, a bigger guy, and the foot speed thing comes into play. Now, Devo has done well <clears throat> um, locking guys down. He did a great job in the first half on Brandon Miller, who, you know, who we saw blow up on LSU. So, I don't know. It's going to be a how much do you want this? Um, you know, we've seen the Eric Musselman teams that were below 500 each of the last three years, well, each of the last two years, really fight back and get a lot better and, and, and really become a, a tough team to beat. And the, 
the coaching skill and all that is there. Um, how much can they buy in and, and make movement is, is the question. Tom, we'll leave it there this morning, man. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk more NFL on Thursday, okay? You betcha. Sounds good. See ya. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Whole Hog Sports with us here in the morning rush. Look at some of the lines for the SEC games tonight. Ole Miss is at South Carolina. Look at the Bet Saracen app right now. Ole Miss favored by five and a half. So South Carolina uh, getting five and a half. That, that kind of seems backwards to me almost with the way things have gone and that game being on the road. Yeah. Uh, some other matchups this weekend uh, for just lines wise. I know you're referencing some college basketball ones. Kansas City is an eight and a half point favorite hosting Jacksonville. Phillies is seven and a half point favorite hosting the Giants. Buffalo's a five and a half point favorite hosting Cincinnati. And then San Francisco's only four four point favorite against Dallas this weekend. Yeah. So full slate or I say, well, half slate. Half tonight, half tomorrow, more or less, with the SEC games and like you you got got to the NFL games that are coming up. Hey, if you want some action this week on any of the games, tie the Bet Saracen app. That's the one we pay attention to here on the morning rush. You can go to betsaracen.com for details or download it on the Apple app or the Google Play Store and get going with Bet Saracen. Yeah, it's really easy to do. A lot of my uh, cohorts, they do the in-game stuff, parlays, whatever you're looking to do. They got a lot of Arkansas Central stuff because it's an Arkansas-based company. So, again, the Bet Saracen app is the way to go. All right, we'll come back to Cowboys in just a bit. Tommy, it's apparently today on January the 17th. It's Ditch New Year's Resolutions Day. Have you been sticking to... Your resolution? What'd you I say? I didn't make any, really. So I know you'd mentioned trying to lose weight. I didn't yeah, know if that's a daily resolution. So I, I don't, you know, no need to ditch them because uh, I, I think New New Year's resolutions are something that's sentimental or uh, you know something we like to think about. But like I don't know that many people probably stay with them this long into the year, even two weeks. Yeah, over two and a half weeks. So what should the resolution of this basketball team be? Well, I've said it. I've laid it out for better defense and make your free throws. I mean, you can get in the gym and get better at free throws. Every person on this team could be a better free throw shooter in two weeks. That should be your resolution. Don't ditch that. And deep people up because that's the only way I think this team can win. They're not going to be consistent enough offensively. Yeah, you had 84, but Vanderbilt kind of allowed you to get 84 with the way that game played and the flow of it. Um, you're not going to count on seven threes a lot of times. You've got to get 20-something points at the line. You need... 40-something out of your stars. You need to win games in the 60s. Uh, I've been talking about this for two weeks now. That That's the path and the only way they're going to beat some of the teams that they probably shouldn't beat on paper. Yeah, defensively do what Kentucky did to Tennessee this past Saturday in Knoxville. Muck it up, play as, as, as tightly contested offensive rebounds that Kentucky was doing. It wasn't a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination, but... That's what it took to win. There were games last year that Arkansas didn't exactly have a pretty performance, but they won the games. I'm, I'm looking at the conference standings. There's no points for pretty. They yeah. don't give you. They don't give you any bonus points for that. Mus so Mus was Mus was talking about this last night. Trey Way just doing a lot of little things on East Tony the same way, cutting hard, playing good defense, getting back in transition. There's little areas that might not seem like that big of a deal. In the in the big when you look at the big picture, but these little wins that Arkansas got last year that were tight were huge in the long run. And you think about how how those guys played in big games, they made big play after big play that didn't necessarily show up in the box score. They didn't jump off the page with their statistics each and every game, but they just knew how to play the game of basketball. Those two older guys, Trey coming from Wichita State, Audis coming from Pitt. You need some more of that moving forward. And I don't know again. 
I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they don't have it on this team. I just don't know if they do. There's a big difference from that statement. Does this team make the tournament? I didn't seem, yeah. That didn't seem fathomable a month ago. We could even re- realistically bring up that question. I think it's a realistic I mean, question. We Does asked this team this, make the we tournament? We asked the same question the last two years, and it, come, it came back and bit us in the butt. So that's, well, I mean, you're asking a question. You're not making a declaration. It didn't bite you in the butt. You're asking a question. Okay, so what's your answer then? I don't know. I I think this team does make the tournament because Eric Musselman's history is you put it together. But this team is it doesn't seem to have the pieces. I mean, at least in the last couple of years, yeah, you battled an injury or two, but this seems to be a much a next level problem uh, for this for this program right now. So I think it's more in doubt. But yes, I think they do find a way to make the tournament. I think one of the things you played a soundbite with Coach last uh, earlier this hour. Um, They've played four of six on the road to begin conference play. That will level itself out. You know, you lost to Alabama at home, but Alabama's Alabama. I think that the schedule will help Arkansas gain some momentum moving forward with playing a few more home games down the down the stretch. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.